All right, so I have an amazing podcast for you today. And today's podcast is with my friend, Andy Storch. And Andy is a podcast host, he's an author, and his book actually came out already, actually, as we're speaking. Uh, I came out already, and it's all about own your life, own your career. And you're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about growth mindset, things that Andy wished he would have known when he was still a college student, and the importance of networking, how to use commonality to connect with those relationships. So without further ado, enjoy the rest of the show. You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. I'm, I'm excited because today we're going to be talking about something that I love to talk about with such an amazing person, and that is owning your career. And today to talk about that, I actually have Andy Storch here with me today. And Andy is the host of two podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Andy Storch Show as well as the founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank Conference and the, and the community and the Talent Development Virtual Summit. All that to say is that Andy is the man, he's awesome on LinkedIn, he's a big authority here in Central Florida when it comes to owning your career, and he is launching his book, book, Owning Your Career, Own Your Life, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and I'm excited to have you today, man. Andy, how are you doing today? Daniel, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I appreciate it. And I am pumped to be on this show with you today to talking about to be talking about this because I think that I know you have so much knowledge and passion on this subject. I do as well. And I want to be able to help some people. So let's rock. Let's rock. So you know, why don't we start a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself and when you when did you decide to own your career and own your life? Man, that's a great question because I think it's so easy to look at people that have books or podcasts or whatever, and it like, seems like they have it all figured out and maybe they always did. And it's never the case, right? We all had about our own journeys, our challenges. And most of the time when people are out there giving advice or even doing something like writing a book, like you and I have both done, it's because we've been through our own challenges, made so many mistakes on our own that uh, we've learned so much. And now we feel like we have some wisdom to share with others. And I really feel like, and I talk about this in my book, that I was drifting through most of my college years, my 20s, and even on into my very early 30s because I didn't know where I wanted to go with my career. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was never really taking full ownership, full initiative. I was often in reaction mode, waiting for things to come my way, um, spending a lot of my time doing things that were not productive. Uh, like watching sports and going out drinking all the time. And there's nothing wrong with those things, especially in your 20s. But that does take time away from other important things you could be working on. So for me, it happened in my mid-30s, I would say around 35, when I really, uh, around 30, I got into a career that I really started to love. I got into corporate consulting, working for a really cool global consulting firm called PTS. And it gave me an opportunity to travel all over the world, working with executives, running workshops, for executives and managers in different companies, industries, countries, um, that sort of stuff. And I learned a ton through that process about strategy, finance, about people, how corporate uh, people work and their goals and what they need help with. 
Um, and I also started to get to know myself really well. I got really into personal development uh, a few years ago, back in 2016, and started to do a lot of self-discovery and realized that I had certain strengths I wanted to leverage, certain things I wanted to do. Um, I realized that I had a, a really strong draw and desire to become an entrepreneur and run my own business because that's who I am. That's not for everybody, but that was for me. And so I started putting a plan into action, trying to do everything I could to get to a place where I was running my own business and building my own brand. And it took a lot of work, but I got really intentional with what I was doing, where I was going, um, how I was getting there. And I've continued to build and learn and grow since then. And that's turned into, as you mentioned, I hosted a couple of podcasts. I hosted a conference earlier this year in 2020. Um, I hosted a virtual summit. I run a membership community and now writing and publishing this book and building a brand around that. And all of it has been very intentional over the last few years, but that's because I woke up and I started to really take control and started to really take ownership of my career and my life. So what advice do you have to Andy, you know, graduating college, University of Florida, and, and you're sitting with your older self today, and what would you tell your younger self? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, University of Florida, 2002, uh, I'm an old man graduating. Uh, it would be to sit down and map out what do you want to do with your career? What do you want your career to look like? And not that you know that much at 22, um, what's possible and what could, what could happen. But what do you really love? What types of things do you love doing? What do you not like doing? Um, what would an ideal career look like for you? Where would you want to live? What would you want to do? And figure out, you know, set that vision, um, connect to some type of purpose, what's really driving you, and make a plan. How do you want to get there? What kind of goals, what kind of specific goals can you set to help you get there? What, who do you need to talk to? What type of conversations do you need to have? I think for me, it would have been get a lot more strategic about that. So building that network, building a brand, building a reputation, um, and moving towards something that I know would be really fulfilling, even though things are probably going to change. They're not going to go the way you want to go. Um, but I would, I would give myself that advice to get a lot more intentional and that once I've set a big goal, to think about how I'm prioritizing my time to go achieve that so that I'm not wasting a lot of time doing things that don't contribute to that goal um, and really get honest with myself about what's most important, what's productive, what's driving um, my success and happiness and what's potentially detrimental to that. I think if I had a lot more awareness about those things, um, I probably would be uh, you know, maybe a lot more successful in a, in a different place today. And I have no regrets. I'm very happy with where I am today. Um, but you know, I probably could have done things differently if we're going back to give that advice. So tell me a little bit more about your book and kind of like, what is the, like the cliff note version of your book and, and why, why did you even write it in the first place? Yeah. So the book is, is about taking ownership of your career. And what that means is you take full responsibility for everything going on in your career and your life. I see so many people uh, operating in reaction mode, waiting for their manager or their parents or someone else to tell them what to do and where to go. Uh, what goal to go after, what career to go after. And this is about waking up, taking that ownership, taking that initiative, making a, a you know, setting a vision for where you want to go, even if it, you know that's going to change because nothing is set in stone, right? And um, making a plan and actually taking initiative, taking action towards those things. That might mean having conversations with your manager and colleagues. It might mean um, spending time 
uh, learning more about the things you need to learn, going out and taking classes, getting more education. It might mean building a network intentionally to meet the people that can help you along the journey in your career. And it means building that brand. Um, and it also means doing work on yourself uh, to build resilience and shift your mindset to be a lot more of a growth mindset, something that will allow you to pivot and change when challenges come your way. Um, I've got all of the practical advice laid out in this book on how you can take more ownership of your career, set your direction and start taking action, how you can start preparing for the future, the future of work, uh, your future career changes, what happens if you get laid off, how do you prepare for all of that? Uh, and then also, how do you take ownership of your life? How do you have the right mindset and the resilience and the, the health that you need to go forward and be really successful? And for me, successful means being happy and fulfilled in your life and really fulfilling your true potential and, and living your best life. It's, it, that is all laid out in there. Um, and it's not just about like, let me teach you these things and you move on to the next. This book is about taking action. It's about getting really practical and taking action. Um, so there's a lot of questions to think about. I've created a, a companion journal that you can buy that you can, so you can write down these things right along with the prompts in the book, as well as track your progress on a 90 day goal. Uh, and I also break the goals and things down at the end of each chapter into habits, because I think if we're going to go out and achieve big goals, at least I've found that one of the most important things you can do is break it down into habits. What habits do you want to get rid of? What habits do you want to establish? What healthy habits can you um, establish to help you become more successful? So Daniel, you and I haven't talked about this before. If you want to go out and, and find a great job, right? You're in college. One of the best things you can do is build a network, right? Go network and talk to people. So can you establish a healthy habit of, let's say, connecting with three new people a week and asking questions and getting to know people? And that is most likely going to help set you up for success later on. But you've got to establish those habits. Um, they're going to help you be successful late, uh, later on. One of the things you mentioned, and I think this is amazing, is having a growth mindset. Can you talk a little bit more about a growth mindset? Because I think it's something that like, it, it's going to help so much when you start thinking about things of opportunities, creating your own opportunities versus no, everything that happens to me, it's because yeah. I'm unlucky. Right. Yeah. So that idea comes from a book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. It was absolutely a game changer when I read this book a few years ago. And uh, she basically says in that book, and I talk about it in my book too, that uh, people generally have either a fixed mindset or a, or a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset means, like you said, you know, like whatever happens, uh, you're either smart or you're not, you're creative or you're not, you're good at something or you're not. And so with a fixed mindset, when you fail, I think the bigger problem there is that when you fail at something, you let that define you. If I fail at something, then I am a failure. If I went to that job interview and I didn't get the job, then that must be a, a judgment on me. When it may just be the time and place, right? Or whatever they thought, or maybe there was just somebody who was a better fit. Uh, we don't really know why it didn't work out the way it did. With a growth mindset, we believe that we can always get better, that we can learn and improve from every situation. That for me, life is about the journey. It's about growth. I always want to be learning and growing. So if you try new things, and this is what that big shift and reading that book allowed me to really play bigger and chase my dreams and try bigger things, because I was no longer afraid of failure anymore, at least not as much as I was before. Because with a growth mindset, um, I strongly believe that there really is no such thing as failure as long as you're chasing those big goals. There's only learning and growth. So you can try something and maybe it doesn't work out, but you learn from it and then you take that knowledge and you move on to the next thing. 
Uh, and you don't let that define you as a failure. And furthermore, I would add to that going into the mindset piece that when you have a positive outlook on life and things as well, um, one of the things I talk about in the book is believing that everything in life happens for you and not to you. So mm -hmm. when challenges come up, when situations change, what opportunities does this create for you? What are the silver linings? Why do you think this is happening? Um, what's great about this? I, I put in the book also three questions you can ask anytime a big challenging situation comes up. Uh, what's great about this? What can I learn from this? And what does this make possible? With a growth mindset, you see everything as a learning and growth opportunity, and you don't let those mistakes and failures define you. You avoid that victim mindset of like, oh, things are happening to me. And instead you believe everything in life is an opportunity and you will go so far with that mindset. I'm a big fan of it. Um, it's, it's, it's allowed me to be so much happier and achieve bigger goals and follow my dreams. And I want other people to adopt that as well. Hey, you made it to the middle of the episode. Let's take a break to tune in to how one of the mentees used insight from Daniel and the Master in Kasha Career Academy to help them take steps towards their dream job or internship. Hey everybody, I'm Ashley and I'm currently a guest experience management intern at Walt Disney World. And quite honestly, uh, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for joining the Mastering College to Career Academy. Before the Academy, I had a pretty good plan on where to go, but I didn't know how to get there. So thanks to joining the Academy and going through all the content and just engaging with Daniel and, you know, and himself on LinkedIn and everything, I was able to build up the courage, basically, build up my resume, and just apply for this amazing program that I'm a part of right now. Um, it, what's amazing is that I get to park every single day right next to um, the Tron construction. So I get to see all of that in action, um, being a management intern, and it's so great. I absolutely love it, and I recommend that you join as well so you can be a part of something great that's gonna help with your career, and it's less than even a class, like a college credit. So definitely you get your money's worth. Uh, so please do it and just go out there and get your dream internship and or job. This student's testimony is just one of thousands who have landed a position in their dream career. So if you're interested in joining the Academy alongside these successful mentees, schedule a strategy call with Daniel today at www.masteringcollegetogareer.com forward slash strategy call. And now let's get back to the episode. What chapter of your book do you think of being the most impactful one for a recent college grad? Oh my goodness. Um, no one has asked me that question before. I got my book right here. I feel like I'm going to go through it. Um, if a recent college grad is going to pick up my book, uh, might enjoy hearing me tell some stories in the introduction just from my own college years, but I think probably the most impactful um, besides setting a vision and thinking about where you really, really want to go and the mindset that we talked about, um, I've got a couple chapters in there about building your network, how, why, uh, to go about building your network, the importance of really being willing to invest time and money in building a network and, and just talking to people. Uh, it's the number one thing that has helped me in my career. I've gotten so many job opportunities just from meeting people and building relationships. In fact, when I think back across my career, Almost every job I've gotten except for one or two, and there have been many, uh, came from meeting someone, someone I know, calling me and saying, hey, I think that you might be a good fit for this, come in for an interview, and then getting it without going through the, the official you know, application process. So 
uh, and I lay out not only like the why and the importance of it, but the nuts and bolts of all the things that you can do to build a network, both in quote normal, you know, physical, t- you know, we're out in person in t- those types of times, as well as under COVID-19 where everything is virtual. How do you go build a network that way uh, to help set you up for future success? That's probably the biggest thing. So where can we expect uh, five years from now, Andy to be? Well, I don't know, Daniel, the future is unknown, but I have a big vision to build a brand around this. Um, I, I plan on being on more stages, physical and metaphorical, uh, and being out there impacting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people through books, podcasts, uh, speaking, conferences, whether they're virtual or in-person. Hopefully we'll be doing a lot more in-person conferences. Um, and I, I plan on starting a movement around this to help people take more ownership of their careers, ownership of their businesses, ownership of their lives, uh, to really take full responsibility, get out of victim mode, uh, and create more positive change in the world. I don't know how long that'll take, uh, but I know I'll be making progress towards that over the next five years. It's amazing. One thing, man, that I love, I love following you on Instagram more than LinkedIn. And I love uh, just how active you are and how like you're always with your kids and you can just see you have a really good work-life integration. Um, and I know that you work hard, but I also see you enjoy your time with your family. So that's, that's so awesome to me. And, um, and I really look up to you for that, man. Uh, one thing I do want to talk to you more about is um, why did you go to UF, man? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You know, everybody's got their own reasons for where they went to school. And uh, for me, it was a very easy decision. I grew up, um, my father went to University of Florida and he was a big Gator fan. We used to watch every game. And my neighbors, my best friend, across the street from when I was five years old, his parents were all really big Gator fans. And I grew up going to games with them, watching every game on TV. And honestly, that was the only school I wanted to go to. I did not want to go anywhere else. And I kind of put all my eggs in one basket applying there and really nowhere else. Uh, Luckily, I got decent grades in high school and uh, a decent enough SAT score that I got in. It was probably a lot easier back then. Um, But thank goodness, that was a huge relief. I remember when I got that acceptance letter because that was the only place I wanted to go. I thought I wanted to be an engineer, so I thought about Georgia Tech and, and some other places. I remember looking at the application for Florida State and just thought, I cannot do that. I just can't. <laughs> Anywhere but Florida I State. There. I think I applied to USF, University of Southern Florida, South Florida too, maybe. But, um, but for me, UF, that was the only way. And by the way, there was one summer when uh, I took an accounting class at UCF. I had... Uh, I had a, a full academic scholarship through the Florida Bright Futures. And to yeah. do that, to keep that, you had to keep a 3.0 in college. And I think my freshman year, I dropped down to like a 2.98 or something. And uh, I took an accounting class at UCF that summer. And I got an A, got back over 3.0, and I never dropped below. I probably graduated with a 3.02 or something. But So are you trying to say that you took it at UCF because it was easier than you were? You know, I wasn't necessarily saying that, Daniel. I'm not saying the classes are easier there, but, you know, I felt like my, no, I grew up in Orlando. My parents were there. I think I, think I went home for the summer. It was a summer school. I get it. 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 Thought, yeah, I'll just take a class at UCF. And, I don't know. And I I got, no, I got distracted. So I asked a UF question, but really, man, I want to just learn a little bit more about, you know, um, talk about more about all the great knowledge that you have about how it relates to college students, right? Like, cause I think owning your career is so important. And I think it starts while you're in college. I think that college is a really good foundation for what you do outside in your first job. And it's just, it's one of this like snowball effect. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more network you build, like the, like the more your career grows and flourishes. And 
what advice do you have for building relationships, building network while you're still a college student, but you're in a COVID-19 world where you're yeah. not going to in-person classes? I think you have such an amazing opportunity um, when you're in college that to, it's so flexible to try different things, to talk to different people. Uh, COVID-19 makes things a lot more difficult as far as building the relationships with colleagues and, you know, classmates and professors. You know, some people may not be going to class anymore. Uh, in the virtual world, I find you've got to be a lot more intentional with your actions to build that network. So instead of, I'm, um, you know, hanging out in the plaza or after class or at the, you know, the bar on, in your campus, and I happen to run into people and strike up a conversation and that turns into a lifelong friendship, that may not be happening right now anymore, right? Because you're not there in person. So when I say you got to be a lot more intentional, that means seeking people out. That means saying like, hey, Daniel, um, I see you're doing X, Y, Z. We have this in common or there's something I may want to learn from you. Can we jump on a, on a Zoom or a FaceTime or a phone call and just have a virtual coffee and just talk to each other and get to know each other and just schedule a lot of these like 20, 30 minute virtual chats. Um, you can do that a lot with alumni as well. I think you are in an amazing position when you're in college to reach out to alumni who are either doing the jobs that you might want to do, have the careers you might want to have, or that you might want to explore and just learn more about. And, and you know, LinkedIn is a great tool for this as well as alumni database. Uh, and just reach out and say, you know, send a message. I'm in college. I'm exploring this major. I want to learn more about finance or marketing, whatever it is. And, you know, could we have a virtual chat and just get on Zoom and let me ask you some questions. People love doing that, especially for college students. They really do um, when they're from the same school, right? So I've got a ton of stuff going on, Daniel. Like, I, you know, I've got two podcasts. I'm working on a book. I've got a family. People reach out to me. And a lot of times I have to say no because I don't have enough time or a book's going. But if, some, if a college student from the University of Florida reaches out to me and says, I'm in business school, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, I'm going to try to find a way to make time for them because I yeah. want to give them advice because I know how, how important that was for me when I was in school. And I, by the way, I have a story on that when I didn't do this when I was in college because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, I made a lot of friends. I was in a fraternity and I went out drinking to the bars all the time on, on campus and I had friends. But um, as far as networking with alumni, I didn't do a very good job of that. But when I got to business school, I got my MBA at the University of Southern California. I was a networking maniac. I went to get to know everybody I could. I ended up being elected president of the, the MBA program, 700 people, because nobody knew more people than me. And when I was getting closer to graduation and I was exploring different careers, I started reaching out to alumni just to ask them, hey, can we have a, a virtual you know, a, a phone call so I can ask you questions or can we get together for coffee? And I probably reached out to 40 different alumni to ask that question. And I thought I might have a 50% success rate. It was like 99%. I, I don't think anybody told me no. Maybe one or two people told me they were too busy. Um, everybody else took the time to talk to me. I had so many great conversations. It was because I took the time to reach out and ask. And just because of COVID, we can't get together anymore, whatever, that's no excuse. Like people are very available. They're happy to chat, get them on the phone, get them on Zoom, um, whatever it takes, and just have those conversations and be very curious. Learn as much as you can. And that curiosity and those relationships are gonna serve you well for the rest of your career. I want to dive into this a little bit because I think it, what you're saying is so important and is so true. And, and I know that the easiest thing we can always think of is, can we just reach out to an alumni of the university? But if, if we really try to understand why the alumni thing works so well, it's because ultimately we want to, we like helping people that we have things in common with. So it doesn't just have to be the fact that 
um, you both went to the same university. It could be, it's like, it could be the fact that we both do yoga, even though Andy's way more flexible than I am, um, <laughs> that we both ride bikes, even though that Andy yeah. has a better bike than I do, right? Um, but it's all about finding commonality. I know that Andy and I connected because of Dale. I think it was, we, have, we were in the, yeah. in the same mutual uh, group on, on a LinkedIn group. And then that's how we connected. So there's commonalities because we had common friends, right? So then right. it's always about commonality. And the more you have in common with somebody, the easier it is to have that conversation. So I always think about like, I love playing cards, right? And so yeah. you think about like, I, I honestly think like the university is like a 10. Like mm. there's, there's like, and like an ace is like mom, dad, or immediate family. Yeah. Right. Like your immediate family generally will always have time for, will always make time for if you really need help. And then the more you have in common, the higher it is. And I think a university is a solid number is a 10, like, uh, yeah. because you're, you you know, depending on the university you went to, there's probably even more pride in there. Like, I think if you reached out to somebody that went to the university of Florida and you were in Orlando, you get yeah. a pretty good reply. But if you, now if you're in the other side of the country and let's say that you're in Seattle yep. and you reach out to someone, it's like, Hey, I am in Seattle. I noticed yep. you're in Seattle and you went to the yep. university of Florida. I think you would get a higher response right there. Oh, hundred percent for sure. I actually remember I lived in California for 11 years. And uh, when I lived in LA and San Francisco, I'd be so excited if I saw somebody with a Gator shirt on or something, I'd go talk to them. Right. Whereas that's very commonplace when you live in Florida there's millions of Gator yeah. fans everywhere, just like UCF and Florida State or whatever. It becomes less common. Therefore, you have this bond that like, yeah. oh, we're, you know, like being an expat in another country or, you know, any of those commonalities you mentioned, you're into paddleboarding or yoga or um, playing cards or, you know, whatever it is. And then within the college, can you narrow down to um, a major or a specific class or like, like the oh, fact oh, that you're in the fraternity, right? Like, yeah. so, so university is a 10. But if yeah. somebody from the same university and the same fraternity comes to you, like that's like a jack or a queen. Like that's a much higher, like that's like, yeah, let's go grab dinner. Like, right, right. Or the town or the neighborhood you're from yeah. or the high school you went to. It's just a, it's just an, it's an excuse to get a conversation going, right? And yep. if you think about any conversation, I always think about this. You go to networking events or you're, you're starting to talk to somebody new. Um, every conversation is basically, it, it's a dance or a negotiation to try to find common out try to find common ground. Yeah. We always start talking about like, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Like, you know, what's your commute? Like, what do you, what kind of work do you do? Like, you're just looking for that one thing to be like, Oh yeah, I do that too. I can totally relate to that. What's your favorite show, whatever. And it gives you something to relate to them on. And then they're much more open to trusting you and helping you. That's like the way conversations have been for yeah. generations. Right. So you think about that as you go out and talk to people, find that commonality. And the reason we're also saying like alumni, I'm very happy to help you. People love helping other people. That's yep. why the, the success rate is high when you reach out. And uh, I talked about this metaphor in my book that uh, I learned this, I heard this from my friend Larry Hagner a few years ago, that we're all kind of on a mountain, a metaphorical mountain in different areas of our life. And we're climbing this mountain. And there will always be people ahead of us who are holding that rope and kind of can be helping us, pulling us up. And those are the mentors that we might reach out to and say, you know, hey, Daniel, I'm trying to get a job after college. Can you help me? Um, you know, what advice do you have? Read your book, listen to your podcast. Daniel's ahead of you on this journey. And so you look up to him as a mentor. But there are also always people behind you on the journey as well, right? There, You're in college right now. You don't think you know that much. There are kids in high school who know less than you, right? And you yeah. could be mentoring them. You could be helping them. 
So we're all on this journey. There's always people ahead of you. There's always people behind you. There's always people next to you. It's important to connect with the people next to you too, your classmates. Don't forget about them um, because you can use accountability, encouraging each other, cheering each other on as you're going to, you know, go through your classes and try to get those jobs and build that network. Uh, it's important to connect with all three of those levels of people ahead of you, with you, and behind you on the mountain. No, I love it. This is amazing. Andy, where can individuals find your book? Well, the book is available now on Amazon. It's called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And as I mentioned, I've also created a companion journal to go along with that to help you uh, answer all the questions, write down your goals, and really track progress over 90 days. It's called the Own Your Career, Own Your Life Companion Journal. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and, and Instagram as well, as you mentioned. Uh, we're connected and following each other on there. And uh, if I could, I created a report that I'd love to give away to your listeners as well. It's the top five most common career mistakes that people make. Uh, I went on and surveyed my network. I talked to people about the most common mistakes they made. And oh man, I heard some people talk about some incredible mistakes that happen over and over again. I put them into a really quick report. Um, top five uh, most common career mistakes. You can get it by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes to get the report. And of course, love for you to get the book and uh, connect with me and let me know you heard me on this amazing podcast by the man, that, Daniel Perro. Uh, no, no, man. Thank you so much for coming. I'll put some of those links in the show notes. If you're interested, everything that Andy said will be on the show notes. Andy, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've been an amazing guest. I'm looking forward to seeing how well your book does because there's no doubt that it will be very, very successful. And for all of you listening to uh, this podcast, catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. In an age of short attention spans, this speaks volumes about you. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.